Hello everyone, this is Katie Jason, owner of the Better Humans Project, and today I would like to talk with you about alcohol. This is actually a topic that was suggested by a faithful listener, so thank you so much for listening and for suggesting this. It's kind of a surprise that I haven't talked about alcohol sooner, but here it is. And um, so how he how he posed the, the question was, what does alcohol, like, are there any hindrances or, or what what is the effect alcohol has on your overall health or your journey to health? Um, and, you know, how will that affect your goals? And he also, you know, kind of tailed it with, there's lots of healthy people and they like to drink a little bit on the weekends. So fair enough. Well, I, uh, I think what first comes to mind is what's your intent behind drinking because we all know that the literature is full of um, information on the detrimental effects of either chronic drinking or binge drinking. Um, and I, I personally will say that um, I've actually taken a break, an unofficial break from drinking alcohol because I've been doing a lot of homework on myself, a lot of uh, self-discovery, like soul-searching type stuff, and I've just realized that for me, alcohol was something that um, helped me not be me, you know, um, and so I had to, I had to figure out, well, why, you know, why did I feel compelled to drink and and why could I never have just one? Because I always wondered about those those people, you know, where like you're in a social setting or, or whatever it may be. And, and they can always, you know, they always just have one drink or maybe two drinks. And uh, I always thought like, wow, they have such self-control. But um, I think that, it, that that goes much deeper. It's not really so much the self-control as it is um, being okay with yourself, right? Because... Alcohol changes you. It has an effect on you. It it, it makes you um, more comfortable. You have a little less inhibitions. And, um, you know, some people have more fun, right? And, uh, you know, so I had to really question that myself. Like, why do I feel like I can't have fun if I'm not drinking? And I had to really dig deep on that. So I uh, I did, you know, come to a place where I've realized I I don't need alcohol. I'm okay with myself. I can be myself in in a social setting without drinking and and be fine. Um, and uh, you know, and I think some of you have also heard me say that you know I started taking St. John's Wort um, because I I think I was uh, I had like a mild to moderate depression. I just didn't know it. I had no idea um, until I started doing this homework and until I started using St. John's Word, and then I realized, like, oh, wow, like, I actually feel really good. Like, you know, baseline, like, baseline good, you know, um, healthy good. So, okay, so, like I said, we, I, I would take a look at, you know, what what is somebody's intentions on drinking? Um, is it because maybe they're struggling emotionally or um, spiritually? So, you know, chronic and binge drinking, I would put that under the category of, like, psycho spiritual, emotional, um, stuff that, that maybe they need to deal with. Okay. But you know, there are, there, there are those people who 
they really truly just genuinely like the taste of alcohol. And um, so in that case, you know, there are there are truly healthy people who will drink maybe a glass of wine a day, um, or maybe a, a little bit of whiskey or something. They're they're just this whiskey uh, enthusiast, right? And uh, so in that case, of course, that that's really I I wouldn't see that ever really being a problem um, until it becomes a chronic or a binge issue. So, um, now that being said, uh, there is uh, there's that study out there. Actually, I think because I I think because of this one this red wine study. Uh, there's been a lot more to to see how true that is, and I, and I think you you've all heard of it, where it says that um, people who drink red wine have a lower all-cause mortality rate. Now, I'm just going to be the bearer of bad news, but in all of that literature, these people who drink wine, red wine in particular, okay. They have this lower all-cause mortality rate because it's a very, very small amount. And the red wine is actually more about like an ounce, maybe two ounces. So one ounce is like a shot glass. So we're talking a shot glass, maybe two shot glasses worth of red wine. And this is why, because the red wine has a lot of compounds in it, like you've probably heard the resveratrol. There's also catechins and um, cutericin, I think it's called epicutericin too in it, uh, a lot of other compounds as well. But these are basically antioxidants. And so that's, that's the reason why they, you know, they've shown this um, lower all-cause mortality rate, and it has shown to be beneficial, okay, because of these antioxidants. Now, let me explain antioxidants a little bit, because I, you know, to be honest, I never really knew what that was until I started researching it and, and learning about it. We, you know, why, what is an antioxidant? Why do we need it? Because people, I just saw it everywhere and people would, you know, throw that out. And I thought, okay, well, it's got to be good for you. If, you know, people just keep saying it's good for you. Okay, so basically, um, in our cells, we have, you know, in the nucleus and the mitochondria and all these little organelles. And it's the mitochondria inside of it that's responsible for creating our energy. So it takes in certain chemical compounds and it converts it and then, you know, breaks pieces off of the atoms and then it goes through another cycle and then it becomes something else. And so there's, you know, it's called the Krebs cycle, if you guys ever remember that. And uh, throughout that and uh, after that process, there may be oxygen molecules that are free floating and those are called free radicals which you've probably also heard as well so this free radical production is normal from um, a healthy cell metabolism aspect okay but you will have a lot more free radicals depending on what you eat. So if you eat a lot of inflammatory foods or if you're subjected to a lot of chemicals, and that can be um, whether it's like a, a, um, a 
chemical stress, like in a health and beauty product, like something that's um, carcinogenic, or you know maybe you live near a highway and you're constantly breathing in uh, fumes and heavy metals. So, so you know you can take a look at these things and and see, you know how how much or how many free radicals. Uh, is your body producing? Because um, there's the normal amount that would be natural for your body to produce. Um, and then, you know, many, many people here in America have a heck of a lot more. So, okay, so what's an antioxidant? Well, because of these free radicals, these these oxygen molecules, they're very unstable. And they get excreted outside of the cell, and then they're just kind of roaming around looking to become stable, and they're gonna they're gonna steal an electron from wherever they can to become stable. That's what they that's what they want to do, and they're gonna take it from anywhere they can, and and it typically they take it from healthy cells, neighboring healthy healthy cells or tissues, and that's what causes aging. So for people who have lots of inflammation or lots of free radicals or those free-floating oxygen molecules, um, you will age much faster. And um, that can also happen from stress, too, you know, chemical um, or environmental factors aside. Okay, so these antioxidants, we take in antioxidants, and that comes from, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, of course, and a little bit from red wine. And... um, these antioxidants will float around and bind to that free radical so that it doesn't cause damage to any other cell. So it'll bind to it, and then it will excrete it or process it or synthesize it in the liver or whatever it may be. So that's why antioxidants are so important and why fruits and vegetables are so important because you're getting a constant supply of antioxidants because it's constantly being produced. Free radicals are constantly being produced. Produced, so you need a constant um, intake of them. Okay. All right. So um, there's there's the antioxidant part in in uh, in relation to the red wine. But like I said, there's fruits and vegetables that have a lot of antioxidants. So it's not like you have to drink wine in order to get antioxidants. Okay. Um, and it's just a very tiny little bit. So. Um, there's, there's another interesting aspect about alcohol, and that is um, when you're drinking alcohol, your liver has to stop processing any other fats or lipids that you've, that you've eaten. So um, because it, it has to process the alcohol esters. So it takes a break on everything so that it can process the alcohol because the alcohol is a poison, it is. And your body is going to stop everything it's doing and take care of the poison because that's, that's priority number one. As soon as you start drinking it, alarms are going off. And of course, that's going to be if you're drinking more than an ounce or two. Okay. So there's that. And, um, but here's, here's a couple, a couple other interesting things. Uh, a few weeks back, I actually listened to 
a sermon from John MacArthur um, on Grace to You, which was a fantastic sermon. He's got lots of fantastic sermons. Um, so if you're interested in him, you can go look at John MacArthur. He's on YouTube and his site, I think it's maybe gracetoyou.com. I'm not sure. But anyway, so he had a whole sermon about alcohol and talking about, you know, biblical times and where is alcohol or wine in particular in the Bible. And he explained that when it's when wine is referenced in the Bible, it's actually a highly, highly diluted form of it. And I think he said the ratio was something about like a 20 to 1 ratio. So like 20 parts water to one part wine. Again, so he's saying that this is a very, very diluted um, form of alcohol or wine that they, they always refer to. And he he this it was actually extremely informative and i and i can't give you all the facts that he threw out about it but um one of the interesting ones was that they put wine in water because the water was really not as sanitary as it is now and there there you know quite possibly was harmful microbes in their water and so the the little bit of alcohol could have helped to um kill off those microbes to kind of sanitize the water. Um, now, uh, there's one There's one other part, um, interesting thing about alcohol, and lately I've been studying herbology, so I've been studying about how to make a tincture, and a tincture is just an alcohol extraction of an herb. Um, there's not much of a science behind it, but, I, I mean, you just... you. You know, you have to kind of measure your herb and or your bark or whatever it is, and know how much alcohol to use. And then you put it in a little a little glass bottle. You shake it up every day, and then in about four to six weeks, all of the active uh, chemical compounds from that herb or that bark or whatever it may be uh, will be extracted. And then all you have to do is you just put a, a drop or two no more than really a teaspoon under your tongue. And it's a very, very potent medicine. And in fact, you can make um, very strong antibiotics, depending on what you use, um, either golden seal or clove, um, rosemary, thyme, oregano, and sage. Those are very, very strong um, antimicrobials. And just a, a, a side note, this is something very, very interesting. Those four in particular, the rosemary, the sage, uh, the thyme, and the oregano, those are used in um, our, you know, our cooking practices, and, and it's used um, in, the, in the culinary area. And here's why. Because back when there was really no refrigeration for meat, those were the four that they used to keep meat from spoiling or growing harmful microbes. So just keep that in mind that um, some very, very potent antibacterials can be made um, with alcohol from those. So uh, I gave you some of the good, some of the bad, some of the ugly with alcohol. And I hope that that was just interesting for you. So if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free, as always, to email me, katie at betterhumansproject.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Um, and, you know, with everything that I've said, you can, you can, you know, draw your own conclusions as to whether or not 
alcohol is good for you. I think that in very small amounts and in the right setting with the right intention, I think alcohol can be can be good. I think that you you can use it as a tool, uh, but I think that it can quickly become um, quickly become detrimental um, to our health, whether it be physical or or emotional. <laughs> and um, yeah, so. Anyways, this is Katie Jason, owner of the Better Humans Project. Thanks so much for listening.